Valley Alhambra. We're uh, glad that you guys are on time, not early. You guys, hope you guys got a good sleep in the uh, extra hour we had there. Um, but yeah, once again, you can find your slides and your worship lyrics online at civalhambra.com, or you can go and find a physical copy over there if you're in person. But your lecture notes, your speaker notes, as well as your uh, lyrics are online at civalhambra.com forward slash Sunday. I hope you guys are all having a great time. Uh, you join us in worship just to give our God his defense and protection of us.
submission to you, under your rule and your reign, and according to your word. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for the nature you've created, the life you've breathed into us. For this time, we get to come and worship you, Lord. Speak through Jeep. Bring us through these times of trouble until we see your face in all its glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can have a seat. We're going to welcome up Jeremy for some announcements. If only all of my entrances in life were accompanied by music. But um, welcome, everybody, to... Uh, Church in the Valley. My name is Jeremy, and I uh, help with the First Impressions team. We're glad you're joining us, whether you're doing it uh, in person or online this morning. Um, I hope you guys bought up the extra hour of sleep last night. Like, how many of you guys actually like chose to sleep an extra hour as a result of the? Yeah, a few people. Are, did anyone like set their clocks already, like back to the time they should be yet, or is, does anyone actually own a clock outside of their phone? That'd probably be a better question. Okay. Yeah, it's less and less. But, um, well, we're glad you're here with us this morning. And uh, like I said, my name is Jeremy Walker. And uh, let, let me let you about a few things going on this morning, as well as some announcements and things coming up in church life uh, here this next month or so. If you would like a physical copy of the lyrics or uh, the ha a handout take notes on this morning or a connection card to kind of let us know about prayer requests or um, be able to mark getting some more information on different things, you can grab a copy of that over at the guest resource table to my left. Um, and if you would like to access any of that online, digitally, uh, just go on your phones at civalhambra.com forward slash Sunday, and you can have access to all three of those things, the, the music lyrics, as well as a listening guide and a connection card. Um, if you're a guest with us this morning, uh, thanks so much for taking your Sunday morning to join us. Uh, you're welcome to grab a copy of a free book we have over at the guest resource table called How Good is Good Enough. And uh, I think that you'll find that as a, a really helpful read. And we'd love for you to take a copy of that. Or if you have a family member you think would really benefit from that, feel free to grab one for them as well. Um, a few things I want to let you know about coming up, some opportunities to be able to serve and be able to connect with people throughout the month of November. Uh, one is there is a church that got planted out of, um, a church that we got planted out of, uh, initially, um, or sorry, CIV planted a church in Riverside called Orange Crest Community Church, and one of the leaders there ended up planting a church now in the Santa Clarita area, and they're starting now beginning to meet people in that er uh, area and starting to have monthly preview services to be able to connect with people. And so one of the things they're doing as a way to kind of get their name out there and connect with new people is they're going around to a lot of the neighborhoods and hanging up door hangers to be able to let people know about some things going on um, and their church starting up. And so Saturday, November 14th, uh, anyone that is available, if you'd like to be able to help with that, um, you can drive up there and you can get more information about that. Fill that on your connection card if you're interested. And we'll send you information. But that morning is going to be an opportunity to be able to help them because they got a lot of neighborhoods to cover. If you've ever been to Santa Clarita, there's a lot of people that live there. So 
Uh, mark down your connection card if you'd like to help with that. That'd be a good way to help them. That's Valley Lights Church, by the way. That's the new church that started up there. Now, the second opportunity to be able to serve this month is through Operation Christmas Child. Um, how many of you guys have heard of that or participated in that before? Do we have a decent amount? Okay, so pretty, pretty well-known uh, thing. And it's a great opportunity to be able to uh, pack shoeboxes full of gifts to be able to send to kids all over the world. And not only do they get a physical gift, and which may be their only physical gift they year, get this year, but also an opportunity for them to be able to, um, with that gift, hear about the message of Jesus and how he was uh, the best gift of all. And so there are some ways we've tried to make it a little easier for you guys. You know, in the past, uh, if you've ever done this before, not only do you go and buy buy gifts and fill the shoeboxes, but then you have to figure out, you know, where's the shoebox? And then you got to, like, wrap it and all that stuff, And um, which you can still do, by the way, if you want. But if you want to make it a little easier, we have some more information about um, what you can put in a shoebox. And we even have some plastic shoeboxes we got from Samaritan's Purse over there uh, that you can grab. Uh, however many boxes you're going to use, and they're like little plastic totes, and they're already kind of decorated, and so it's, it makes it super easy. And this is a great opportunity if you have kids, by the way. Um, I feel like this time of year with our kids, uh, it's so easy for them to make it about themselves. This is a great opportunity for them to make it about someone else, and so great opportunity to be able to do it with some friends or by yourself if you'd like to do that. So that is going to be collected on uh, the 22nd of November. So today is the first. You have 22 days left with those boxes and so if you'd like to do that again grab some information if you want to know stuff to give for different boys or girls as well as the boxes um we're glad you're here you're joining us this morning i'm going to welcome jeep up to come share and uh, let me pray for us uh why we do that so. father thank you uh for the fact that <clears throat> um even in a difficult situation uh like we're in our country right now god we are at most of us are at such a just a level of uh, provision that we even can do things like have money to be able to fill a shoebox full of gifts and give it to people who um, that would just never even cross their mind because they don't have the funds to do that, God. And um, thank you so much for opportunities like that. I do pray that you would really uh, speak through Jeep this morning. Um, just uh, give us insight into how we are really to be uh, unified uh, as a body as we move into uh, what can be sometimes in a lot of parts of our country just a very uh, a divisive time and i pray that you, we would really learn from you and uh and walk with you more as a result of it in jesus name we pray amen hey thanks jeremy <clears throat> well good morning everyone it is uh, it's good to see you all i'm really glad you guys have decided to spend time with us here or spend some time and connect to us online uh i'm jeep underwood and it's been a little while since i've spoken and there's some of you that have not seen my face since March. And so I feel like I need to apologize for that to start with. Uh, this is who I am and this is what I look like. I apologize for that. Um, it has probably been a, a nice time since March. Uh, you know, I don't know about you guys, but there, there's a lot on my mind going into this next week. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of things <clears throat> that are on each of your minds as we go into this next week. But one of the things that's on my mind pretty heavily is just the election that's on Tuesday. I'm sure that's probably pretty heavy on, on all of our minds, this election that's coming up. Now, you know, voting's a big deal in our country. Uh, it's really, uh, it's very important that we thoughtfully consider our vote. But, I, you know, I remember when I was a kid growing up, my dad telling me about his parents. And uh, my grandma and grandpa, they would get into big arguments over who they were going to vote for. And they would just argue, and they would never, ever, they never, ever agreed on who they were going to vote for, so they would never vote because they felt like their vote would cancel each other out. And I thought, well, there you go. That's one way to approach things. But, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the things that's really on my mind this week is just the current political climate that we're in. Uh, so there's just this real animosity that's developed between Democrats and Republicans. Uh, there's the COVID uh, pandemic angle. Uh, there's, it's, we're doing a lot of early voter registration. A lot of people on both sides of the political spectrum are concerned about uh, voter fraud potential. Uh, and I think that, you know, and I mean, in my own mind, I'm thinking unless there's like a landslide win, <clears throat> it might be a few days before we know who wins. It might be a few, uh, might be a few weeks. It might be a few months. I don't know if any, some of you guys here remember uh, when 
2002, the year 2000, with Bush and Gore, it was a couple months before we knew really who was president. And I was looking yesterday at a USA Today poll. It came out yesterday, and it, it said that in 2016 election, that 47% of Americans were not concerned about any kind of violence after the election. That number now, as of yesterday, is 22%. That means about 80% of people in America, are, there's, there's some level of concern they have that there might even be violence after the election. And, you know, and I also saw another article yesterday, the New York City uh, therapist, they're, they're getting ready for an onslaught of people coming in because of the anxiety that everyone's feeling about this election. And I'm not saying this. I'm not up here trying to drum up fear. I'm just saying that's just the world we're living in. I don't know about you guys. It, to me, it feels almost like you're on a roller coaster when you're a kid, and you're going. And in, in the middle of that, in the middle of that climb, you're thinking, I don't know if I want to stay on this ride, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because you're already on. And even if you can't handle it, you're going to go on this ride, and it's just that moment. I think, I think a lot of people are feeling like that. Like it's, we're going there. I really would rather not have this moment, but it's in front of us. So what I want to talk about today, what I want to talk about today is how do we, as followers of Jesus, how do we approach living through the next week? How do we approach living through the next week? How do we approach living through the next few months? And how do we approach living through the next few years? How do we approach this next week? is what I want to talk about today. Now, I believe, I believe that there's at least two things that we're going to need to handle this. And, and they really go together. And I, I don't, I'm not even sure you can have one without the other, but I want to talk about two things that we really need to have as we go into this next week. And that is, we need to have the right perspective. And we need to have the right filter. We need to have the right perspective. And we need to have the right filter. I'm going to start with just the right perspective. You know, there is something much bigger than our political system going on in the world right now. There is something much bigger than our political system that's going on in the world right now. And I'm not downplaying the importance and the value of our political system because I I think it's the best political system there is on the planet. But there's something much bigger going on than that. Uh, You know, to us, you know, we look at nations and political systems and we're kind of looking up at it and we kind of see this is the apex of power in the world but when God looks at them he has a little different vantage point he's looking down at them and Isaiah really captures he, he kind of describes what this is like for God he says in Isaiah 40 15 and 17 uh, he says behold the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are regarded as a speck of dust on the scales all nations are as nothing before him they are regarded by him as less than nothing and meaningless. That sounds kind of small to me. You know, uh, I remember when I was in chemistry lab in college, we had to weigh everything to the minute detail. Otherwise, the experiment wouldn't go well. And, uh, in fact, I made some Tylenol and organic chemistry I do not recommend anyone taking. It would kill you instantly because I wasn't very good at weighing things and, uh, or refining things and all the things that we were trying to do. I am not a chemist. Uh, but, you know, it says... God says that when he looks down at the nations, he sees them as like a speck of dust on a scale that you don't bother to knock off because it doesn't really affect the measurement. That's a very different perspective. There's nothing about the nations that are impeding God in his plans. There's nothing about the nations and our political systems that are in the way of God's plans. Um, Remember, it was Christianity, the movement that Jesus started that shaped Western civilization. It was, it was this movement that Jesus started that did that. You know, even, even atheists will agree that it was the message of Christianity that shaped Western civilization. It wasn't, you know, that, that's such a big sphere of time. You know, it wasn't American politics. It wasn't Democrats and Republicans. It was the teachings of Jesus that changed the world. And it was the teachings of Jesus that really gave us our modern sense that we have now of justice. It was, the, it was the teachings of Jesus that gave us the modern sense of fairness. And it was the teachings of Jesus that really gave us the modern idea of the dignity of every single individual. Those are things that came out of what God is doing in the world. 
Now, so the pers- one perspective that we need to have as we go into this week is we need, to, we need to have the perspective that God is in control. And he has bigger things going on than politics, and he has invited us to join him in what he's doing. We have to keep that in perspective. The second, the second uh, thing that we really need is we need the right filter. Now, what in the world do I mean by filter? Um, anybody here like coffee, like making your own coffee? There's uh, a couple of people. The other people are going, I didn't have mine yet this morning, so I can't answer the question. Uh, you know, when you make coffee, one of the things I hate most in a cup of coffee is when the grounds are in it. You guys ever had that? It's like true grit. You know, you're, you're taking a drink. You're like, eh, jeez. Mm. You're taking things out of your teeth. Well, the filter, the quality of your filter is what prevents that. And so what a filter does is it, it prevents the bad stuff from coming through and only the good stuff comes through. That's what a filter does. And so when I talk about filter, I talk about our filter. What I mean is that part of us that holds our values and our beliefs and our perspectives about life. It's that part of us that, that holds our values and our beliefs and our perspectives about life. The things that as, thing, as information comes in, we filter those things through this filter of what we believe in and what we value in uh, the perspectives we have. Now, we're always doing that. We're always running. We all have a filter, and we're always running things through it, like the ideas that come into our lives, the things that are presented to us as true, we run those through. Uh, how do we treat people? As, as things are happening, we run that through, and it determines how we act towards people. How do we handle arguments? You know, as people begin to come at us with arguments, how do we respond to that? There's things that we run through our filter. And so our filter is a huge part of really how we live. And the truth is that we all have a filter, and that filter starts getting developed about the time you start to become aware that there is a world and you're in it. Somewhere between one and two years old. They call it toddlers. And when you're a toddler, you have one filter. I want what I want. And everything is filtered through that filter. I want what I want. <clears throat> and uh, so as parents, that's one thing we have to do, is we have to build into our kids filters about how life works so they can begin to learn how to deal with it. Now, when I, <clears throat> when I I'll just give you kind of an illustration of how filter development works. Um, my, when I was a little kid, uh, hard to believe, my kids don't believe that ever happened, but when I was a little kid, I remember when I was about five years old, uh, my sister and I were playing and I got mad at her. Uh, I'm sure she did something horrible to me. I can't remember what it was, but I got mad and I decided to hit her because I figured that would kind of solve the issue. So uh, I was wrong, by the way. So I, I hit my sister, and she began to cry. And honestly, I think she may have cried a little long, harder than really it meant, but that's okay. You know, I, I don't know. But she started crying and immediately got the attention of my mom and dad. And my dad comes in the room, and he's focused on her. What happened? He hit me. And all of a sudden, his gaze turns towards me. And all, the pressure that I had not believed, you know, one was going to be coming, started coming, and I, I'm looking at my dad. He's looking at me, and he goes, why did you hit your sister? And man, I remember my five-year-old brain racking it. How do I get out of this? And uh, I remember just telling him, I, I, remember, I remember thinking this is such a great answer. And I said, Daddy, it was an accident. And I, I thought, I was like, mic drop. There you go. I, it was an accident. And then, uh, well, he, he, he uh, didn't buy that. And he began to instruct me more fully and... He, uh, <clears throat> it was, some of it was nonverbal, some of it was verbal. Um, but the verbal part is he told me, he told me, um, hey, you don't hit your sister, you're bigger than her. What, what you need to do is you need to take care of your sister. You're big for a reason, you take care of your sister. You understand, buddy? And I remember walking away from that conversation, I pulled out my filter notebook, and I wrote down, <laughs> note to self, <laughs> Don't hit your sister. Take care of your sister. That, that got etched in my, in my filter system. And then, just a, little bit, just a little bit more, I remember in high school one time, my sister came up to me crying. And someone had hit her. Someone had slapped her, another a guy in the school. And it turned out, you know, it had to be the biggest, tallest guy in our high school. It had to be. And I just remember I got upset, and I thought, that's it. 
you know, I'm going to go talk to him. And, and uh, she was with me, and I, I walked up to the guy, and I remember, I remember looking up at him going, Kevin, <laughs> uh, you hit my sister, and you know that was wrong. You need to apologize to her right now. <laughs> and I'm really glad that what happened was I could see in his face that he knew it was wrong. And it landed on him, and he turned around, and he said, he, he apologized to my sister. And he said, I'm really sorry that I did that. And he apologized to her. And I was thinking, whew, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you put a, dug a pit, dumped us in, only one of us would walk out, and it would not, probably not be me. Um, and so I didn't know where that was going. But it, again, it got etched deeper in my life. I'm her brother, and I'm going to take care of her. And I can tell you to this day, if she calls me and says she needs me, I'm on the next plane. Because I'm going to be there for her. So when we, when we become followers of Christ, God begins to work on our filter. When we become, he begins to work on our filter so that our filter is in line with how the world really works. He works on our filter, uh, and that's, that's a big part of what he's doing to transform our mind, is that he's working on that filter. In fact, Jesus really, he, he, really, he, he defined it like this in John 8, 31 to 32. It says, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now, what, what he was saying is that God's word is the basis for the filter work that he's going to do in your life. And that filling our minds with his word is absolutely crucial to learn and to have our filter really modified the way it needs to be modified. It's filling our minds with God's word. That's why you hear around the church all the time how important it is for us to spend time with him and really get into his word because that's where the filter work happens is when we fill our mind with his word. And we also know what he said is that over time as we do this, he says, you will know the truth. You will know the truth. Our filter, what, what, he, what he's saying is our, our filter is now is going to be more and more synchronized with what truth really is. So the way we actually live, the way we view the world actually is more in line with really how it works. And then he says, and the truth will make you free. So it, the, we'll become, it, what it happens is the result is we become free. We become free from the things that bind the world around us. We become free from fear. We become free from division, the things that divide us. They're huge things. So this week, as we approach this next week, uh, we're going to have an opportunity to do what most people are not free to do. As we approach this next week, we're going to have an opportunity to do what most people are not free to do. And that is, we're going to have an opportunity to love unconditionally people that we don't agree with politically. We're going to have an opportunity to love people unconditionally that we don't agree with politically. Um, to be able to do that, there's a, there's a decision that each of us will have to make, and that is we have to decide that we're going to filter our politics through the filter of God's word, God's word. And we're not going to filter God's word through our politics. So bear that in mind. That's a fundamental decision that we really have to make to be able to to really handle this next week. And I want to talk this morning as we, uh, as we move through the talk is I want to talk about three filters that I want to highlight that I think will really help us do this, really help us to love people unconditionally even though we disagree with them politically. And that is, I want to, I'm going to call this the love filter and the opposition filter and the mission filter. So the love, opposition, and mission. So I'm gonna, first one is the love filter. You know, the night before Jesus was crucified, uh, in John 13, uh, Jesus was, uh, he, he gave a new commandment to, to, uh, to his men, the guys that he'd been running with. And he said this, he said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. And I, I bet it went, right when he said that, some people were thinking, well, that doesn't sound that new. That sound, but then he, the next part he said is what made it new. He says, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. <clears throat> so what he, what he was saying is, these last three and a half years that I've been hanging out with you guys, and you've been around me, 
You've seen the way I've interacted with everyone. And you've seen how I love people. You've seen how I've loved you. You've seen how I love. You're to, do, you're to take that as your model and love other people that way. And so how did Jesus love others? That's a great question. Honestly, you, that'd be a great study. If you guys want to just say, I'm going to read through the Gospels. I'm going to look for every way that God, Jesus loved others. That'd be great. But this morning I want to highlight on just one thing. Have you ever imagined this? I want to ask you if you ever imagined this. Jesus is the creator of reality. Uh, he holds everything together. That's what Colossians tells us. He understands all mysteries, and he knew what was right and true in every single situation. No one else on the planet, when Jesus was here physically, understood more than a small part of that. No one on the planet understood but more than a small part of that. So that means that on some level, Jesus disagreed with everyone he met. Jesus disagreed with every single he met. However, Jesus loved everyone unconditionally. He met them right where they at. He befriended them. He, he helped them go from where they were to a better place and gave them a map for the future. And his harshest critics, when they tried to think of something to say against him, said, he's a friend of sinners. And I think Jesus would have said, that's right. That's right. That's exactly what I am. And he wants us to love just like he did. Uh, unconditionally, people that we, we disagree with. You know, we're called, out to, we're called to reach out to people that don't agree with us and that we don't agree with them. That's, you know, in fact, if you find two people who agree on every single thing together, one of them's not needed. So, you know, we all have different viewpoints. We really need to hear from each other, but everybody that God wants us to reach out to are people that we, there's some level of disagreement. And he wants us to love and befriend people unconditionally. So as you're going through this next week, that's a filter that you want to have in place. Filter some of the things that you're going through, you're seeing. Filter those through that. <clears throat> then I want, I want to talk about the opposition filter. Now, you guys have probably noticed this like I have. It doesn't take much to start a fight. It doesn't take much to start a quarrel. Uh, if you're not married yet, you'll know even more of what I speak. You know, it's just so easy just to start. Uh, start a fight. Now, I remember uh, a few years ago, I was driving out of the Arco station down by the 60 freeway. I came up, I'm trying to get out on the road, and uh, it was almost dark. I could barely see. I had my lights on, but it was that point in the night where it doesn't help much. And so I, I was looking, I, and I, lo I was looking to see down the road to see if someone was coming, and I completely didn't see this guy on a bicycle on the sidewalk who had this black uh, security uniform on. And his, and his dark bicycle. I didn't even see him. All of a sudden, and I, and I don't know about you guys, but I tend to creep up as I'm looking. I'm creeping up on my car. All of a sudden, this guy came out of nowhere for me and scared me to death. I hit the brakes, and I just reacted and shot. My heart leapt. And I don't know what that looked like to this guy, but he turned back, and he looked to the window, and he got real mad. And probably, he probably was thinking, why'd you hit me? Why'd you try to hit me or whatever? But he, he, he pulls off to this. He, he, he parks his bike about 15 feet away and he's just mad you can just see mad just coming out of his face he starts taking off his jacket he's getting ready to come over there and fight me and i'm thinking whoa i think i'm about ready to have a moment here i think this guy's gonna come over here and make my car real crowded um and you know for me my john wayne filter popped up well i ain't gonna hit you no that's the wrong filter i put that back down and like you know i don't want to have a fight over nothing and anyway so i'm trying to think God, what do I say? What do I do? And then I had an idea, so I rolled the window down on my, that side of the car, and I said, hey. And he looked at me like I was really upset with him. And I said, hey, I'm not mad. He got this real puzzled look on his face. He said, you're not? And I said, no, I'm not mad at all. He goes, oh. Oh. Okay. And he starts putting his jacket back on. He got on his bike. He rode off. I thought, well, there you go. You know, there's, there's something... There's something about not responding in anger that just settles things. And you know, so how we handle opposition when it comes, uh, not responding in anger is a big part of that. So the filter I want to talk about today is in 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. Let me read that. Uh, Paul says to Timothy, he says, The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wrong, 
with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been held captive by him to do his will what I want to do is I want to I just want to walk backwards through that verse I'm going to take the phrases and work backwards through that verse and kind of unpack it first thing he said as you go backwards he says if if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth so they may escape the snare of the devil having been held captive by him to do his will uh, you know there are there are people that are that are around us that are that are in opposition to the truth those people that are around us are in opposition to the truth have been snared by the enemy and they're being held captive to the filter that he wants them to have they're being held captive to the filter that he wants them to have and something to consider too as we look at this portion of the verse is something to consider is that you know there may be some parts of your filter there may be some parts of my filter that have been snared by the enemy and so that's something I'd, i would encourage each one of us really to go to god and ask him to reveal god is there something about my thinking that's totally out of line with what you want so that, that's one part of this another third part is it because it's clear in here that it's god is the one who ch- god is the one who convinces people of their wrong filter god is the one who convinces people of their wrong filter and our role is not to change people's minds it's god's role to convince people of things so let's step back we're going to step back one more passage so right before this paul said with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition our role is to gently correct people that we care about uh, that are in opposition to the truth with a truth that can really help them that's our role now that as i say that maybe the hair just stood up on the back of your neck um you know our current world any correction at all is seen like judgment if you make any correction at all so how do we correct how do we help someone with the truth without ticking them off well i think the answer is really found in that word gentleness he said gentle with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition and what does paul mean by gentleness i think if we take one more step back we get a picture of it he said be but be kind to all able to teach patient when wronged so he says be kind to all treat everyone with respect and really care about them really listen to them understand where they're coming from their story and then he says be able to teach you know think through the truth that you think would help them and then how you could possibly communicate it to them think about how you could communicate something that would really help them and then he says be patient when wronged because it, it's sometimes when you say something to help someone they do react in a bad way they, they might get angry they might get upset uh and they do things that are wrong actually there are things that come wrong and those are the things that can really get you angry but what if but if we will patiently remain kind in the face of the wrong that comes back what it does over time in our relationship is it develops trust it develops trust in fact i think this is a picture of what it really what it looks like to love someone uh that you disagree with this is a real picture of what that looks like and then you go back one step further he starts off with the lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome don't start arguments and don't jump in the middle of arguments when they start because if you do you shut down this process and you shut down a big possibility of god really using you in their life if you just get into a bunch of arguments and so that's something for us to really keep in mind so as we go through this next week let's make sure that we're filtering the way we handle things through this filter and then the third filter that i want to talk about this morning is the mission filter uh this uh you know the night before jesus died as he was he was teaching his guys he was saying goodbye and then uh he prayed and fact, he had a prayer request and if you if you think about think about you know several of us are in small groups uh that meet during the week and at some point in that small group we usually ask hey is there something you want prayer something that's concerning you and if jesus was in your group he'd say i have one and you go really <laughs> you have a prayer request yeah 
I do. And this is what he prayed. He said, uh, he was praying, he was praying for his guys, the guys that he'd poured his life into. In John 17, 11, he said, uh, his prayer request was that they may be one as we are one. The thing that Jesus was most concerned about was their unity and their oneness. As he was leaving, you remember, you know, this was uh, the, just before he, he was killed and his interaction with them decreased after that day, that night. He said his, the thing he was most concerned about was their unity and oneness. He knew that if they were in lockstep together and in lockstep with his heavenly father, the world would change. But if they got divided, things, things would just stall out. And so that was that was, was on his mind. <clears throat> and then Jesus continued praying, and he actually, he prayed for us. In the context of this prayer request, he prayed for us that are here today. He prayed for all the Christians over the generations that would flow out of that movement that he started. And he prayed this in John 17, 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Now, all is a big word. You know, all of them. You know, back, back when, uh, in the first century, all of them meant people like Jews and Gentiles, the rich, the poor, slaves, freemen, soldiers, tax collectors, <clears throat> just the whole gamut of the people that were in that society. In the 21st century, all really means Democrats, Republicans, the privileged, the non-privileged, uh, the different uh, ethnics, the b- different ethnicities, married people, single people, you name it. It's all. He says, all of us. And he said, and he continues, he says, that they may be one. That all of them may be one. The unity that he prayed for is absolutely essential for us really to have, to be a part of what God's doing in the world. And he prayed for he prayed for that oneness because of what he wanted to do through us. He wanted people outside the church to see the unity in spite of the diversity. Excuse me, I gotta get a drink real quick. <clears throat> he wanted people that were outside the church to see the unity in spite of the diversity that is us. He said that if, if they saw that, as he prayed, he goes, if they, if the people outside see that, they would be convinced that you sent me. <coughs> Sorry, guys, I got a little bit of an allergy that I'm dealing with. And it's decided that now's a good time to show up. Uh, <coughs> guys, he said they would be convinced that you sent me, that Jesus is really who he said he was. The people around us really sit up and take notice. When we are unified, even though we disagree on something, people take notice when we're unified, even though we have, we disagree on something. <clears throat> and what? <clears throat> and what uh, Jesus was talking about was not political unity. He was talking about unity of purpose. And so, <clears throat> you know, one thing about when all of our filters are growing more and more under the influence of Jesus and his word, we become more unified. And so our filter development is absolutely essential in being unified together. (coughs) Hopefully I don't have to ask somebody else to come read my notes. Um, As we close today, uh, I want, just as we we go into this week, remember this. (coughs) Your political candidate will win or lose based on how American citizens vote on Tuesday. But the mission will win or lose based on our behavior between now and the election, the end of the election. And it's going to be, the the mission is going to win or lose based on how we treat each other, how we love each other, and how we love the people around us. We can't let anything divide us as we go into this week. You know, if you zoom out, if you go back in time when Jesus was on the planet and you zoomed out, you would see the Roman Empire and you'd see Tiberius Caesar 
running the show, the absolute apex of power. And you see a little dot over in the Syrian desert, and you see Jesus uh, there with his 12 guys saying, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my movement. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And you see power, and you see the blip. But now, when we look back on that time, the Caesar is just a footnote in history that most of us don't remember. But Jesus and his movement changed the world. And that's what God is calling us into, is his movement. Something much bigger than politics is going on around us. So as we approach this week, uh, let's check our filters and perspective. And let's do at least two things. I'd like to ask you guys to do at least two things this next week, and myself included, is pray for unity so that we can influence people. Pray for unity so we can influence people. And then two, look for an opportunity to love someone unconditionally this week that you disagree politically with. Look, look for an opportunity this week to love unconditionally someone that you disagree politically with. As we do that, I think um, it will help people out big time. In fact, right now, as I, as I said earlier, so many people are stressed out about this election. There's anxiety. People are going to therapists. Uh, there is a lot of fear and animosity in our world. Let's be a safe place for those people. Let's be a safe place for those people. And, uh, and let's, uh, let's treat people well as we head into the, this election week. So with that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and come back up. <clears throat> so, Father, God, I, I do pray for unity uh, with us. God, this next week, I pray that within our, within our group, within our church, that uh, we would love each other unconditionally, no matter what our political affiliations are. And God, I pray that you would help each one of us to be a safe place for the people around us uh, as we go through whatever's going to happen. If it's a day, a week, a month, God, I just pray that we would be lights in the universe through that period. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Jeep. Well, we're going to take some time to reflect on that, to think. Um, maybe God has revealed some filters that you need to bring into the submission and to rethink. But I encourage you to take some time to think, um, fill out your connection cards to let us know that you are here and some next steps that you plan to take um, so that we can pray for you and encourage you through this next week.
we check our filters, may we submit to your word. And again and again and again, may we run to you. together. 